Hello, witches and wanderers. My name is Missa. And my name is Katie, and welcome to the Baby Witch Podcast. Hi, Katie. How are you? I'm good, Missa. How are you doing? Good. Just uh, getting ready to do some yoga and pull some tarot cards when we're done with this. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have myself a little witchy evening. <laughs> hey, sounds like a great witchy evening. I was doing math, which we might talk about this later in um, the episode, but apparently you can calculate what your tarot cards are to gu- that are guiding you through your year based on numerology. And also there's just general numerology to say what the card guiding the year is for everybody. Um, and last year for 2019, the card for everyone or the cards for everyone were Hangman and Empress. And then I realized that my personal cards for this year are also Hangman and Empress, which is such a pain in the ass because I did not have a good year last year and I was excited for some new energy, but apparently it's still going to hang around. So. I mean, my card for 2020 is the tower, so I'm super excited about that one. Yeah. <laughs> I, that might be a good thing, though. Sometimes the tower is about, like, shedding things that no longer serve you. In the end, you're going to turn out okay. It's just probably going to be awful. Um, yeah. yeah. Change and upheaval. Uh, so... I felt like my 2019 was about change and upheaval. So I guess I've uh, got more to come. Uh, maybe you should explain how we got to those cards. Um, I learned how to do it on Facebook of all places. Um, but we'll talk a little bit since we're going to be talking about tarot today. Um, let's just jump right into it. Yeah. So if you want to do that, you take um, the numbers from your birth date so like mine is January 25th so it's one two five and then you add all of those together just numerologically like uh not um like 26 you do like one plus two and that's eight and then eight plus five now that sorry I'm thinking of all of them together excuse me (laughs) I'm tired I got done with work sometimes work is so busy that it takes all of my brain cells and then the evening's a a wash, but we're going to see how this I, goes. I okay. So that. yeah, but one plus two is three and then three plus five is eight. And then for 2020, that's, um, eight plus two is 10 and then, and then there's a zero and then 10 plus two is 12 and then that's 12 and 12 is the card for the hangman, but you have to reduce it to the like a single digit if you can. So then one plus two is three, which is Empress. And that is how I got my number for the year, which is, yeah, I, (laughs) I'm, I'm not super stoked. Although I think last year might've been so bad because I realized last year was a judgment high priestess year. So maybe that had something to do with it, but. Yeah. And see, I don't really mind getting the hangman because I don't know, being raised Catholic and always like, and not just being raised Catholic, but like the way that my, the women in my family, um, kind of shared their Catholic guilt with you (laughs) was Mm -hmm. always being the martyr, like always taking less than the rest of the family, always putting themselves last. 
And so honestly, that's just a tradition that I grew up with and what I'm used to. And it's funny when it's me and my mom, because we're both trying to argue like, like we'll split a cookie in half. And it's like, no, you need the bigger piece. No, you eat the bigger piece. So I, the hangman <laughs> and me are old friends. <laughs> See, but I think of the hangman as like, you're in a situation and you can't get out of it. You just need to sit tight until you are extricated from the situation. Like you just have to hang tight and hang there until you can get out of it. And I am sick of just hanging with it. I would like to be let down, please. I am done hanging up here. <laughs> Yeah. Well, then, um, so then you can also tell what the whole year is going to be for everyone just by adding the numbers in the year. So again, mm -hmm. two plus zero plus two plus zero is four and that's emperor. So we're in an emperor year right now for, for everyone. For everyone, which I am excited about. I think that has some very good potential. So we're going to see, we're going to see how that goes, but also, there's some really scary things happening. Like, um, I keep listening on Ghost of the Podcast about the Saturn Pluto um, conjunction that's happening in on January 12th, and that sounds terrifying. Um, yeah. Future people, future people who are listening to this in like three weeks, um, yeah, if something big happened on January 12th, we're recording this on January 6th. So, if the yeah. world still exists by January 12th or by whenever this episode is coming out the end of January we made it through okay. all right so today um again we're gonna be talking about tarot so let's get into it um Katie I've been reading tarot for just about two years almost um how long mm -hmm. have you been reading I'd say um I think I started in October of 2018 so uh 15 months something like yeah. that but, yeah so neither of us are professional tarot readers um I don't even know if I've ever oh I did read for other people for the first time on Halloween I dressed as a fortune teller um and I just brought the major arcana uh to work and I was pulling one card pulls for people at work um <clears throat> but that was the first time I'd ever read for anyone and it was I didn't think people were going to be into it, but I, people heard I had tarot cards and they were like flocking to my desks and it weeded out all the normies. Now I know all the woo woo people at work. Yay. Yeah. And I have done a, like, I brought um, uh, my tarot deck to the bachelorette party that I was made of honor for last spring. And I ended up doing tarot readings for most of the people there and I think I've done a handful of tarot readings for a few friends here and there but like nothing like super duper intense I'm working on get doing getting the Celtic cross and all the bigger readings down for me so most of the readings I do for other people are like okay you're asking me a yes or no question here's a two <laughs> yeah. card pull here's a two card pull that I know how to answer yes or no questions with so okay so there's 78 tarot cards altogether. Um, I do not have them all, like the mem the meanings of all of them memorized. Um, and we'll talk uh, as we get later on into this episode, or maybe in the next episode if this one runs too long, um, about, you know, what the different cards mean and what are good ways to um, try to, to learn the, the, the meanings of each card. But I don't have them all memorized. So when I'm sitting reading, I'm still using my guidebook, looking stuff up online. Um, I'm getting better at it. But again, neither of us are professional readers, but 
if any of you are just starting out, we're also, you know, at a stage where we've just recently been starting out. So we're going to give you different advice and maybe someone that's been reading a long time and is going to tell you, you know, oh, well, here's the best way to do it. But in reality, they haven't, maybe they weren't reading tarot when the internet was, you know, maybe it didn't start when the internet was around or when all these different guidebooks were around. So that's kind of why we started this podcast is, um, the, all the information out there is by professionals. And sometimes it's nice to hear from someone else that's also kind of trying to figure it out while you are. Mm-hmm. Yep. And this is, yeah. And just in general, this podcast is meant to be more like a community and we are your fellow baby witches who are slightly more advanced than you, but are still figuring it out for the most part. Yeah, exactly. So let's start, start by talking Arcana. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's two parts to a tarot deck. Um, and again, for some of you, this might be old news. Uh, but for some of you, you might been like, you know, I've heard about this, but I'm not really quite sure what it all means. So there's the major arcana and the minor arcana. Um, the major arcana are going to be, uh, again, what we were talking about with numerology earlier. So the emperor, the hangman, the tower, um, and that's, so it goes from the fool, which is card zero to, um, the world, which is card 21. So there's 22 major arcana cards altogether. Yep. Yeah. And these cards are supposed to signify big life events or like major things that you go through in your life. Um, and overall the, these, uh, series of cards, both the major arcana and then all of the suits for the minor arcana, they're supposed to kind of tell a story as you progress from one to the highest number. Um, and yeah, this just, if you go through it, um, it just kind of tells the story of like building yourself up and then there's all this turmoil and death and destruction. And then at the end, it's like rebirth and, um, being, you know, building, healing and becoming a new, better person. And then you get to the world card and it all starts again, because it's all a big spiral and it goes back to that. Uh, life death rebirth cycle we were talking about last episode yeah so again the major arcana is kind of a a journey to enlightenment and then once you've achieved enlightenment you realize that you know nothing and you start all over again yeah and it has most of the cards with exception so if you hear like the four of pentacles or like the five of cups or whatever those are the minor arcana or like the queen of wands or whatever. Those are all the minor arcana, but pretty much all of the other big tarot cards that you hear talked about, like the chariot or the star or the high priestess or the hierophant. Those are all the major arcana cards and they're kind of the most iconic. There's some tarot cards that are only major arcana decks they don't have any minor arcana so they're kind of the most iconic part of uh they're the most iconic part of the tarot deck yeah so um if you've been following along on our instagram account um over the last uh 22 or so weeks we've been posting um all of the the major arcana cards um with def you know kind of a description of what each card means or what it can mean um so that's a good place to go if you want to read a little bit about it. Those are descriptions taken from our, our own understandings. Um, and then also from various places on the internet or podcasts or wherever. Um, so it's kind of an amalgamation of, of different interpretations. 
so that's the major arcana and then um going forward or maybe we already have i don't know i should have a calendar in front of me with all this jazz but um, we're gonna start talking on the instagram um, about the minor arcana as well um so those are gonna be your your suits um kind of like your regular deck of cards and there are some people that use um, just a regular 52 deck as a substitute for the minor arcana and that's all they read with. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And even um, Corey from new world witchery, I think he wrote a book called 52 devils. That is specifically a book about reading playing cards. So if you're interested in that, go check that out. Yeah. So again, these are going to be cards you might be similar to with, you got an ace through a king um the ace through the ten are sometimes referred to as pip cards those are the numbered cards so if you hear that term um that's what that's coming from and mm -hmm. those are based a lot off of numerology um again we talked about that earlier on so aces are ones they represent like potential and beginnings um and things like that and then we move all the way to the ten which is kind of the completion of the cycle mm-hmm and then I think the court cards actually have one extra card that people aren't used, used to because I think that usual, regular playing cards just have the knight, king, queen. And in the tarot, the court cards are the page or daughter. Sometimes the page is also the daughter instead of um, it's more gendered instead of just kind of or less masculine because sometimes people think page masculine. But that's an entire other discussion about gendering tarot Um, anyway, but. So it's either the page or the daughter and then the um, knight or the son and then the queen and king. So, yeah. So the four court cards versus three in, you know, a regular playing deck. Um, mm -hmm. And then the court cards have their own kind of meanings. Um, so each suit, you know, depending on the suit, it's going to mean something different. But like your page is going to be more your messenger. Um, if you think of like the NBC pages, paper page program uh, any 30 rock fans out there um, and so then the knight you'll often see seated on a horse um, so he, the knight cards are a lot of times having to do with motion um, your queen card is the influencer and then the king is often the authority of the suit yes and I I don't know for the page for me it's less about the messenger the page I more associate with like um, a, it's another card in New Beginnings, and also I associate it with being a student or learning something or preparing for something. Um, and then I really associate the elemental associations with each um, with each suit, and then with each sector of the court cards. Um, and that has actually helped me learn. The court cards have been the hardest part of the tarot for me to really understand and learn. Um, but traditionally, and this differs from practitioner to practitioner, like Miss, I don't even know what yours are, but traditionally, um, the page is associated with the earth element. The knights are associated with the air element. The queens are associated with the water element and the kings are associated with the fire element. Um, and then that gets even further because the, all four suits are also associated with elements. So the wands are fire, the um, cups are water, the swords are air, and then the pentacles are earth. So you get like the page of pentacles is earth, earth, but the page of um, 
the page of wands is fire earth and it kind of helps you get a feel for what their meanings are. Yeah. And then in addition to each suit being associated with a, uh, an element, it also has a, like a association or like realms that they control. So like wands are about passion and ambition and, um, I always think of wands and creativity. Yeah, creativity. Yeah. Like making something, like using mm -hmm. a magic wand to create something is the association I like to keep in my mind. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then cups are about emotion. Um, Some people say romance, but I don't really know about that. Um, But yeah, cups are like emotion, um, intuition, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then swords, um, again, I do a lot of (laughs) like, like name association in my head to remember it still, but like, so I think of swords, I think of like a sharp intellect. Um, Mm -hmm. So swords often have to do with like reason and things like that. Mm -hmm. Reason, intellect, um, knowledge, that kind of thing. It's a lot about like brain chemistry. A lot of those cards are surprisingly about brain chemistry. So for example, the eight of swords in the Smith weight deck shows a woman like, blindfolded she thinks she's trapped but really she's surrounded by swords and there's no one standing there and she could just walk out if she realized she was free and it's kind of a metaphor for some of the things that your brain does to you like when you have anxiety and you're like no 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 I can't do this I'm trapped I can't get out of here and the reality is just like no dummy you just have to do this thing so yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely um and then the pentacles um Again, you think earth, you think earthly materials. Um, Mm -hmm. So pentacles. So this one kind of is a little bit up for, I don't want to say debate, but different people have different meanings for it. So a lot of times pentacles are associated with money. A lot of people Mm -hmm. do tarot readings for money. Um, And so you'll see a lot of the, the meanings of them have to do with like inheritance, generational wealth. Um, You know, you, you have cards where it's like, um, gosh, what is it? The five of pentacles again, you guys, I should really know this, but like the beggar card kind of a thing where every, mm-hmm. like the people are poor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, but yeah. And so there's the traditional ideas of like material, like just materiality, um, you know, money, wealth, um, home, that kind of thing. But I've also heard a lot of people interpreting it recently. Um, talking about your body and like dealing with stuff that's going on within your body. Um, And so like I've heard the queen of pentacles um, is a symbol that like you need to really honor your body and your body is trying to tell you like you're starting to get sick and you need to take care of yourself and stop running around and, you know, spend a couple evenings at home reading in bed rather than running around and making your cold worse or whatever. Yeah, so we've talked about this before, but in the witch, in modern witchcraft, there's a big anti-capitalist push. Um, so there are a lot of um, tarot readers who no longer read Pentacles to have anything to do with money or materialism. So that's going to be up to you, personal choice, um, if if that's how you decide to interpret it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I want to mention something, um, Katie, you touched on it a little bit earlier um, when you were, we were talking about, you know, the page versus the daughter. Um, you might also hear 
the page and knight referred to like the princess and the prince um that's more in the thoth tarot um but so different you you might hear terminology different terminology used especially in the names of the suits so sometimes the wands are called like the rods or the staves um the pentacles again we talked about money so sometimes the pentacles are called coins um mm. and then sometimes discs as well i think i have one that's um refers to it as discs um, yeah. So again, you you might hear hear the different terminology, um, but really it's still the the four basic um, yeah elements and, and again realms of mm-hmm. you know creativity and and intellect things like that. Yeah, and even some indie tarot decks they'll go so far as like keeping the numbers on the major arcana the same. So their number two corresponds to the high priestess, but they call it something completely different. Um, so I think I've seen that. Because one of the things I do at my monthly tarot meetup is like we all have our different decks and you kind can kind of see what other people's decks look like. And there have been a few people, I think the Green Witch Tarot, the Major Arcana all has different names um, and just some, you know, decks are different that way. So Yeah. And then also some decks reverse. Oh, my goodness. I should have it written down, but I don't think I do. I think it's strength and justice. I think justice? it's strength and justice. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the decks you use has them switched. Um, mm-hmm. The Fountain Tarot, I think, does different than like the the um, Smith Weight. Oh, so again, there's going to be variations in each deck. Every deck is not exactly the same, and that's part of, I mean, really the fun of tarot, and it, it's really a, a personal connection. And, and we're going to talk a little bit later about how to pick your deck and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, no two decks are exactly like that. Would be boring. Yep. Yeah. And even like speaking of the tarot, the fountain tarot, like some decks have an extra card, like the fountain tarot has the extra fountain card. Like I'm just opening up the little book here. So it's symbol is the infinity symbols and it's, and it's meaning is the oneness, a a moment of cosmic clarity, fully awake, the end of seeking, enlightening being surrendered to that, which you are whole and perfect. So it's like, they have an extra card in there to, um, kind of bring their own meaning and their own interpretation to it. So it's once you start to get into these indie tarot decks, they can add so much more meaning to the tarot as a whole. Yes. Um, However, most tarot decks today, and there are so many out there, are going to be based off of one of two different kind of original decks. Um, Mm -hmm. So the first one... um, that in my mind is most popular. The decks that I use are based off of this one. Um, it's the one that I would prefer. <laughs> it's going to be the Smith weight or the writer Smith weight. Um, or you may hear it referred to as the writer weight, but I don't like that one. Because <laughs> uh, it doesn't give credit mm-hmm. to the artist, the the woman that brought us yeah. these images. Um, but yeah, so the, the Smith weight deck, yeah. uh, which is going to, again, kind of really the origin of what we what most of us pull today yeah and so going taking a step back so the history of um the history of tarot is that it came into europe um from egypt actually it turns out there is historical evidence showing that it came into europe from egypt it was a playing card game um and it, so you'll hear it called like the italian tarocci or torocho and the French, they just called it the uh, tarot or, you know, tarot. Um, 
And then it even like it went into Germany and Austria and Austria, it was called Konigruthen. Uh, and in German, it's called the Tarok um, or Tarofini. So it was actually like a playing card game. And then people started using it for divination. Um, and then I think I think the Smithwaite deck was written. Oh, I have the Centennial edition. I'm just going to read when it was. Published. Hey, there you go. <laughs> So it was published in 1909. Um, and this is actually the deck where if you're learning, I would just get a Smithwaite deck so you can um, re so you can learn the basic symbolism that kind of that permeates all of modern tarot. Yeah, and um, even but the deal oh, with it I, I was just gonna say a lot of modern guidebooks, um, just like the generic ones that you get off the shelf are gonna have this the Smithwaite um cards pictured in them and they're going to explain the symbology based off the smith weight um so again that's that's what i started with just mm -hmm. to kind of again learn the, the symbolism and everything so we, we both recommend it as a good starter mm -hmm. and, and because it's been around for so long those decks are usually pretty inexpensive yeah and so the deal there is that uh writer weight had their names on the deck for forever and i don't know what their individual ro roles were but they weren't actually the artists the art on the deck on the cards was all done by this woman um Pamela Coleman Smith who's actually a really fascinating woman um but she didn't get any credit for her deck for decades and then finally someone realized that and now it's her name on the deck instead of writer um but yeah if you want to listen to a good summary of her life you should listen to the missing witches podcast episode yes on and then also um if you want more history of um, like we were talking about the tarot is like a, a coming from Egypt and being a, a card game, uh, taroki, things like that. Um, I believe it's the fat Femin feminist, Witch has a really good episode on kind of the history of tarot as well. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, yeah. So should we talk about the other um, popular the deck? Yeah, I don't know much about it, though. So the other popular deck is the Toth deck, and it is um, Crowley, Aleister Crowley's deck, which you might have heard the name Aleister Crowley thrown around a lot. He's a very famous occultist who um, made a ceremonial magic very popular, and he's just kind of generally known as this creepy, spooky dude. Yeah, he's... Um, and he made that deck... <laughs> he's yeah. kind of one of our, our problematic witches. He's um, kind of creepy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but if, unfortunately, a lot of witchy founders. Yeah, were, a lot of the men that's the that we get all of our traditions mm -hmm. from were really into it for naked ladies. So gross. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, yeah. the Toth deck is his deck, and you will find witches um, who that's they they only want Toth tarot. They only want decks based off of that. Um, and I think even uh, I was listening to a podcast today. I think Jessica Lignato says she only prefers to, to read off of um, that deck. So it's, there's definitely yeah. different schools. Different people prefer different things. So if if the writer weight or yeah. the Smith weight doesn't resonate with you, you might want to give out the, the top deck, you know, give it a chance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know it's a lot more complex. There's a lot more intricate symbolism, um, but... Yeah, there's just 
I don't know. I pers- I personally resonate a lot more with the Smithweight deck. That being said, I haven't really explored the Toth deck. I know that he um, made it with this artist whose name I don't know off the top of my head, but they also did her story on Missing Witches too. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's really interesting and it's supposed to have a lot of occult meaning built into each deck. So it's, yeah. Yeah, if you're into more it's, occult kind mm-hmm. of I don't want to say spooky, like scary spooky, but just kind of dark and mysterious um, things that that might be a deck for you. Let me look up that, the artist's name real quick, though. Give me a sec. Um, So they were painted by Lady Frida Harris. And then I think another suggestion you made for people who want to find a good starter deck are to just find a deck that has a really hefty guidebook because that could be helpful for you like I know I personally have the tarot the fountain tarot and its guidebook I actually just like have it out of the deck and I use it when I do readings sometimes for like even if I'm not using the fountain tarot they just have a really good guide yeah most tarot decks are gonna come with some kind of flimsy little guidebook um depending on who created the tarot deck um is gonna kind of determine the level of of what's in the guidebook. So it might be like a couple of keywords. It might be a couple of pages. Um, but there are some decks that do have thicker guidebooks or even come with companion guidebooks. Um, so yeah, if, if you don't want to try out the Rider Way or the Toth Tarot that might have, you know, guidebooks out there for you, um, <clears throat> then you might, you know, if you find a deck that has a companion guidebook, you know, that's thick and is going to tell you a lot, then that might be, you know, you might want to check out that one for yourself. Do you want to talk about the decks that we have yeah. a little bit? Uh, explain why we picked those. Yeah. yeah. Um, so before we get into that, I do a little bit more about picking your deck. Um, so maybe you have heard this, that you are not allowed to buy tarot decks or at least your first tarot deck for yourself. Um, <laughs> when I first got into tarot, um, I had like one coworker that I knew was a witch and I, you know, texted her and I said, Hey, I really want to start reading tarot, but I don't, I want to have a, my cards read first. I don't know anyone that reads tarot. Um, could you please read my cards if you read? And she goes, I don't read, but my roommate does a little bit. Um, so why don't you come over and, and she'll read your cards for you. And so they, you know, they asked, well, who's going to buy your deck for you? And I was like, Oh, I got, like I got the Smith weight deck and they're like, you can't buy your own deck. You're going to really have to like cleanse it and everything. And I was like, I, sorry, I didn't know, <laughs> but I think that's bullshit. The decks, the, like the nice decks mm-hmm. that I have that I read with all the time are like $50 decks. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know anyone that I could ask to yeah. just buy me a $50 deck. Yeah. And I, I don't think this was too expensive of a deck, but I just got my first deck gifted to me over Christmas. But like, was I going to wait that long? And also like, you're not supposed to buy your deck, but some people then use that interpretation to me and you should go out and steal your car, all your tarot decks to like the point where um, the main store I go to here in Denver, Ritual Craft, they don't have their tarot decks out on the floor. They have like, sample decks that you can look at but if you want to actually buy a deck you have to take it up to the counter and they have to like pull out the deck from the back because they've had so many incidences of people stealing tarot yeah decks. and the places that you're going to be buying nice tarot decks are going to be 
you know, your metaphysical shops and your witch stores and places that need every dollar that you can give them, not places that you should be stealing from. Yes. Maybe steal from Barnes and Noble. Actually, don't steal. That's just a bad idea. That's bad. I mean, if you could figure out how to steal from Jeff Bezos, I would be okay with you stealing it from Amazon, but then you're fucking over the workers. So those poor workers. And that's the other thing I actually wanted to talk about was if you can avoid buying a deck from Amazon or Barnes and Noble or like some other big capitalist corporation, um, I would try to buy from another shop. If that's what's available to you, I bought my first deck, my Smithweight deck on Amazon because I literally didn't, there were so many other decks and there's so many places to buy them. And I was like, I'm just going to get it on Amazon. It'll be here in two days and then I'll figure it out later. Um, and I use that deck more for learning. I don't read with it at all. I, I just, I really yeah. just used it as a, a learning tool. Yeah, same. I use my Smith weight deck for learning and I actually use it for like my altar. Like if I'm working with any um, cards ceremonially, I just have that as my standard. Like, okay, this is just going to be my altar deck that I use for if I want to like put the essence of the star or whatever. Or if my card for the month is the queen of swords, I'm going to just put it on my altar so I don't have to worry about having incomplete deck. Yes, that's a so. really good point that we didn't put in the outline for this episode. Um, and But other than just reading and using tarot for divination, um, you can also use it in spells. Um you know, on your altar, mm-hmm. things like that. Again, I talked last time about the bind Trump ritual. Um, that does involve um, using the, the tower card in that ritual. Um, so there's going to be, mm-hmm. you might r- run across spells and rituals that do incorporate tarot. So if you have, some people don't like to use their reading decks for those rituals. Oh my gosh, sorry. You said Trump and that involves the tower. And I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. It's so I love perfect. that. So it, it was, that was one of the reasons that I started yeah. doing it because, so it starts with an inverted mm-hmm. tower and then you like turn it upright halfway through. But like, again, like Trump tower, like, come on. It's such a perfect, I didn't even know what the tower meant when I started doing this ritual. <laughs> I just like printed yeah. off a picture no, of the tower pretty- card. And that's actually something that you can do yeah. and something I did um, you can get templates um, of like the, the Smith weight deck and you can print them out if you have access to like ink and a printer it can get a little pricey it's there's a lot of the cards and there's what would we say 78 of them um, mm-hmm. so but that's an option too that might be a little bit cheaper than buying it um, and you can you know cut them out right yeah I mean the decks are like 15 or $20 though. And you might spend that much amount yeah. of money. In, in, yeah. But if you have like, you know, a laser color yeah. printer or something that you've got easy access to. Um, but yeah, that's, that's an option yeah. too. Oh, there's, there's also tarot apps where like you can learn them. They like say, draw one card a day and you can learn that way. Those apps tend to be free. I wish I'd written that down while I wasn't recording on my phone. I think it's like the golden thread tarot is one of them. So there are also tarot apps. Yeah, there are free Um, options. Yep. So then moving on to, so my second tarot deck I ever got was the Aquarian tarot, which is kind of a, um, 
uh, I can't think of the name, an Art Nouveau riff off of the Rider Waite. And I actually really like it. It's worked really well with my readings. I actually find that I get really accurate, really um, insightful readings with this deck. Um, and it's to the point where like, I know it was made in the seventies by like a random white dude. And I kind of like wanted to move beyond that. So I kept on buying all these other decks, but it's still the deck that I just keep in my purse or if I need to, you know, use it in case of emergencies type situation. But I really like it. The symbolism is classic yet unique. Yeah. Um, and that's, and oh, also, Yeah. Oh, and also when I was first learning, like I do like a casino style shuffle and that's really hard to learn how to do with the big traditional decks at first. So I bought like the really small deck in a tin and it was easier for me to learn how to shuffle that way. Yeah. Um, and then, so the Aquarian Tarot, like the Smith Waite um, are cards that you'll see on our Instagram that we've been posting. Um, <clears throat> so if you're interested in what those cards look like, and that's one of the ways to help pick out your decks is find the hashtag on Instagram and just go through them and see what they look like. See if those cards resonate with you. Um, mm -hmm. So you've got the Smith weight, the Aquarian, and then you, the fountain one as well as one of the ones that we have on Instagram. Yep. Yeah. And then I also got the fountain cause I wanted a deck made from a more eclectic point of view. This deck has people of every color and, you know, it kind of gender bends in a few places. Um, and also I was listening to their interview with Lindsay Mack because I went back and I listened to all her old episodes. And I found out that like the trio of artists that made the deck are from Denver. So I was like, oh, this is a local group of artists and it's an indie tarot deck. Hell yes, I am buying that. Um, and then Ooh. And then just recently, so recently that we haven't been featuring them on Instagram, I bought the Aphidia Rosa Tarot, which is another indie made deck and it's more botanical and simplistic. And I've actually been using it to develop more of my intuitive practice because its symbolism is way different than the Smith Waite deck. And it kind of, I don't, I rely less on um, old symbolisms that way. And then for Christmas, I got the Welcome to Night Vale. Oh my gosh, is that because, what he got which you? Is, didn't get me that. My sister got me that. Oh, cool. um, but no, I actually got the Welcome to Night Vale tarot deck, mm -hmm. which I love that podcast. It is surrealist and weird if you haven't listened to it. And if that sounds good to you, you should probably check it out. But their tarot deck's actually really cool because it's like so creepy. I think it would be a good deck to do shadow work oh. with. That, and that is my intention for what to use it with. Yeah, and you're going to find decks... I mean, there's all kinds of decks out there. There's like a Halloween tarot and there's like a circus tarot and there, there's, I mean, just, I mean, kind of like themed decks and then there's decks made by artists. Um, so for instance, uh, one of the decks that I use, this is the, this actually was like the deck that I decided like, okay, I have, I've seen this deck on Instagram. I have to start reading tarot um, is the bad bitches tarot deck by Ethany. Um, I saw it was either the two or three of cups. And it's just, like, women holding wine goblets, basically, stand, like, talking to each other. And I saw it, and it just, like, hit me, and I said, this. Like, I have to have this. This is me. Um, and I I don't think – I think it was, like, on Twitter, maybe, even. And I responded to the tweet, and I was like, like, what deck is this? I have to have it. And they're like, oh, it's the Bad Bitches Tarot deck. And I was like, all right, great. It's mine now. <laughs> um. Yay. And that, the art on that one was actually commissioned. I think it's two Russian sisters. Um, and Ethany, it wrote the guidebook. And it's a fairly simplistic guidebook. 
Um, she actually, with their second edition, came out with a more complex one. Um, and with her second edition, I, there's there's all kinds of things. She sent out a, a link to people who had bought the first edition to sign up for all this, like a new PDF with a new guidebook and, and workbook and everything with different spreads. Um, so there, you're going to have decks that are more from tarot readers and tarot teachers. Um, so this one's more, she's more of a tarot teacher. I use a lot of her spreads that she posts on Instagram. Um, and I mean, the, the deck is beautiful. I love it. I resonate with the, the symbolism and the women in it. Um, but again, the, the artist isn't necessarily the one that put it forth. It was commissioned art. Um, whereas the mm -hmm. other deck that I use is, um, when I should say the, um, the Bad Bitches Tarot, I use m most of the time for my personal readings, um, you know, my daily pulls and things like that. Um, but when I decided I wanted to start maybe reading for other people, it did not feel right to use that deck for anybody that wasn't like a close personal friend, um, because it was such a personal deck to me. Um, and so I started looking into other decks and I came across the Luminous Void Tarot deck by Laura Zuspan. And it's uh, like a watercolor deck. The cards are um, ovals, so ovular shaped instead of rectangles. And it, it came across my Instagram a couple of times and I was really into it. But again, it's like a $50 deck and I didn't necessarily know if I wanted to spend that much when I already had a deck that I loved and I read with all the time. Um, but then Pam Grossman, of course, posted something about it on Instagram and I was like, okay, well, I guess I have to get it. And then I um, the artist posted something on Instagram about the Bay area. And I realized that she was from Oakland. She was local. And I was like, okay, all right, this deck is mine now. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. and it's just a gorgeous deck. Again, it's all watercolor. Um, so, and, but she's an artist. She's a professional tarot reader. I had my cards read by her. Um, but it, the art is phenomenal. Uh, the guidebook is kind of a, a pretty simplistic guidebook. So it's not necessarily the only guidebook that you would use, um, but it's not necessarily a deck that I would recommend as a first deck. Um, again, a lot of the symbolism based mm -hmm. off of Smithwaite, uh, but not all of it. There's some differences from the Smithwaite as well. Um, but decks mm -hmm. that I use, I, I usually use Luminous Void if I'm doing more of like an overarching, like my, my month at a time or my, um, you know, my week ahead pulls when I'm looking at more of an expansive period of time. Um, or again, if I'm going to read for somebody else, that's the deck that I brought to work for Halloween. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. And it's, I do the same thing. Like it kind of just depends on the mood or like I have some decks that serve a purpose. Like when, before I moved and I have a really small altar now, so I can't do this, but before I moved, like the fountain deck was the deck that I just had, was my working deck on the, t on my altar. So like, it's the deck that I would do my daily pulls from and it would just live there and then the Aquarian Tarot was the one I had in my purse all the dang, dang time. But, like, you know, life changes. And now I'm using the Ophidia Rosa more because I'm trying to develop my intuitive practice. And, like, I'm, I don't know. It really just depends on what you're trying to do. It's like having, I think it's Big Mouth Tarot talks about how she has five decks that she really works with all the time. And it really just depends on what she's doing, which deck she uses. Yeah. Um, and there are all kinds of decks. There's the ones that we just mentioned. Um, there's one of the really popular ones out there right now, which I see on Instagram over and over again, is the Wild Unknown. A lot of people really resonate with that one. 
Um, so they have their, their original and then also their animal spirit deck. Um, that's super popular. So if you're interested in that deck, again, you know, search the wild unknown hashtag on Instagram and you can check them out. Um, are there any other super popular decks that you've seen around Katie? Yeah, just the wild unknown. I know I was looking into getting the wild unknown before I decided to get the Iphidia Rosa instead. Also some decks that are specifically made by people of color um, and are melanated. So there's like the, like some of them I've heard aren't that good because they basically just take the Smith weight and um, basically change out all the skin colors of the characters in it. So they're black instead of white. Um, And those are called melanated decks. But there's one specifically that has come out where the author has been done a bunch of interviews on podcasts that I've heard. Um, Oh, I I know exactly who you're talking about. Yes. So it is um, dust two. So dust two, like the I, I, you know, like, like the Roman numerals too. So it's Courtney Alexander mm-hmm. um, has the dust to onyx, a melanated tarot deck. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's, there's that deck. If you're looking for something that's not super, super white, um, like a lot of the decks are. Um, Sluttist also has their mm-hmm. own tarot deck, which some people really like. It looks like it's, and it maybe it was drawn with like markers. Um, so it's kind of a, as Pam Grossman would say, like a reverent irreverence. Um, but if that's more kind of your witchy vibe, that might be a really good duck, deck for you as well as the Sluttest Tarot. Um, yeah, that's all I can really think of. Off yeah, the top I mean, of there's head. just there's so many out there. Those are again just ones that I see a lot based off of the people I follow on Instagram and that the pod follows on Instagram. Um, but yeah, there's. It, go exploring. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily start out with those, but you know, maybe if that's what you resonate with right away, go for it. Okay. So I think we have impromptuly decided that we are going to divide this into two episodes. Um, so we're going to do a quick ending right here, and then you will hear more about the tarot in two weeks. Um, so again, a disclaimer, We are also baby witches and just learning. We are trying to give you the best knowledge available to us, but we do not know everything. So if we have said anything that is incorrect or you found upsetting, please reach out to us. Um, You can email us at babywitchpod at gmail.com and you can find us at babywitchpod on Instagram and Twitter. All right. Well, we will talk to you more about tarot in two weeks on the next Magical Monday. Bye.